This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S Detox for $20 off any order of $50 or more with Bitsbox. Well, hello there, Detox Podcast listeners. I'm Margaret Abels, and I'm, Amy, what would you say? I like to say I'm like a laid-back, let-it-ride kind of a mom. You're laissez-faire. I'm laissez-faire. It'll all work out. And I'm not. I'm more of a by-the-book, organized, never-met-a-list-I-didn't-like kind of parent. The good news about that, though, is if you don't like doing research, Amy does it for you. She's going to figure it out, guys. Together, we host the comedy parenting podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, where every week we solve a vexing parenting dilemma with actual real research device. And also a ton of laughs. So don't worry. It's not all seriousness. We need both. Join us. You can find us at whatfreshhellpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I am your host, Joe Shaw. And on today's episode, I've got a very special guest, the lovely, the talented Miss Rebecca Kennedy. You may have seen her on Criminal Minds playing a scared girl that runs away, or you may have also seen her on Law & Order's SVU playing a small scared girl that runs away. Uh, Either way, she is not uh, just that. She's a multi-talented actor, and we're going to dive into a lot of her body of work today. But Rebecca, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so I, I kind of made that joke a little bit because uh, Rebecca and I were talking uh, a little bit earlier today about how I, in prepping and doing my research for this episode, went back and watched uh, some of her work. And I was uh, I watched Criminal Minds, uh, which is available on Netflix. You should check that out. And also Law & Order SVU, which is on Hulu. You should check that out. And uh, I watched both of her appearances back to back. And I have to say, uh, my dad heart uh, couldn't take the thought of a girl uh, being abducted and then running away or all this stuff. I was like, all right, I should have uh, spaced out the watchings. But uh, regardless, (laughs) it was very good. Very good. So thank you. uh, Yeah. So let's uh, let's kind of dive into those a little bit. There's a a lot of different places I want to go. But uh, talk us through how you actually how those uh, I know those are both very different roles and and spaced out a couple years apart, but talk us through mm-hmm. the process for booking the Criminal Minds job and, and kind of what that entailed as well as, and how was that different from booking the Law & Order job and, or was there a difference or how did you, uh, how do you, people go about doing that? Or how did you go about doing that, I should say? Yeah, so for Criminal Minds, um, I got the audition from my agent and I'd been in for the show a couple times uh, for smaller parts. I'd auditioned for uh, smaller parts. And then I got this audition. And um, it turned out to be the first audition for me was the producer session, uh, producer session, which was great. Um, for those people that don't know what that is, it means when you go in, it's not just casting. It's also the producers, the director, the casting director, uh, pretty much everyone. Okay, so, so everybody's there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
but um, what's nice is that uh, you you know you go in and that's kind of it. So you get your one your one shot. Um, what's also nice about that, at least for that show in particular, uh, the camera was more for archive purposes. And so during my audition, I was able to get up and move around as I needed to, which was really great for that particular character. Um, I wasn't glued to a small box that sometimes you feel right. like you're in when you're auditioning. Um, yeah, so I auditioned uh, around four and uh, about six o'clock, I got a call from an agent saying that I was uh, pinned which again, if people don't know what that means, um, it comes from when they used to literally pin headshots to the wall, oh, like the final okay. choices. Sure. Yeah. Maybe two or three, depending on the show and how many, you know, people they liked, uh, maybe more depending. And, uh, yeah, so I knew I was, uh, one, like the top choice is what they told me. And then by six 30, I had the offer and, and that was it. And it was, we were good to go. So it was like right before Thanksgiving, so I got to go home for Thanksgiving and share the news with my family and it was really exciting. And then I came back to LA and filmed. So that was uh, that one. And SVU is very different because it films in New York. Uh, the casting director is in New York and all of the producers and everyone is there too. So I sent a tape. Okay. Um, I sent a tape on like a Monday. They told me that my tape was moving on to producers and they watched them on Thursday and I got the offer on a Thursday afternoon flew out on Sunday. Okay. So, and about how long yeah. did those uh, – I know you were definitely in more scenes in the SVU role, but how mm -hmm. about how long did the shooting last for each of those roles? So Criminal Mind shoots over uh, seven days, and I shot four of those days. And then Law & Order uh, shoots over eight days, and I shot all eight days. Okay. Very so, cool. Yeah, so, so it was it definitely – it gave me a nice – taste of what uh being a series regular you know on a show might be like right man i just uh, there's so many some of those shows especially both of those shows have like a full 22 or 23 episode season and i couldn't like right. if you're if you're shooting over the course of you know eight days for 22 or 23 times it's whew, that's a lot and some of those people have been on the those shows for years and years but you know it's crazy yeah i guess it's just it's all yeah, part and they, of the job yeah and they go they don't they don't shoot on weekends, but they go from one episode to the next episode right away. So if you, you know, finish shooting episode 10, you know, on a Tuesday, then Wednesday, they're starting episode 11. Oh, so okay. Incredible. Yeah, they're incredible, incredible to keep up with the different scripts and to know the lines. And, right. you know, I really applaud them because they work really hard. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a, a fun kind of peek into that. Let's backtrack just a little bit and pivot. How did you first get started in acting? What kind of drew you to it? What made you want to seek it out? And what uh, ultimately kind of led you down the path that you ended up being on? Yeah, so uh, my mom took me to see my first play when I was around four. And I don't really remember the play, but I do remember looking at her and telling her that that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> and at the time, you know, I was four. So she was like, whatever, kid, like, you don't really know what you're talking about. Right. Like, My daughter's so almost four. Of, so I'm thinking about this, too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, be prepared. Right. Um, and, you know, so she kind of and I was in other things like I was, t you know, doing other things at the time. And so she kind of just brushed it aside you know at the time right and as the years went on I kind of kept bringing it up and then when I was 12 I tried out for the cheerleading squad at my high school or not high school but middle school mm -hmm. 
and I sadly didn't make it. <laughs> so I was devastated, of course, because all my friends were doing it. And that was probably part of the reason I actually wanted to be not because I really like love cheerleading, but all my friends were doing it. Sure. And so because I didn't make it, my mom was like, all right, let's look into this acting. Like you want to do that. Like, let's see what that's about. So I started at like a local um, acting camp type thing for kids basically. And we did a show over the summertime and we would rehearse during the year and it was like once a week. So it was not a whole lot of commitment just in case I actually hated it. Sure. (laughs) And and thankfully I didn't, I was hooked immediately, uh, did that for a few years. Um, I went to a performing arts high school in Dallas. I also auditioned for local like community theater around my area. Um, and then I did my first like professional show when I was 17, um, and then I went to college for musical theater. Uh, initially, I was going to do that. I my plan was to do theater and to move to New York. Sure. And do the whole Broadway thing. I went. <laughs> yeah, do the whole Broadway <laughs> right, thing. Right. And I, you know, I went to college, like I said, in Florida. I came back to Texas just for a little while to get, you know, figure out what I was going to do and save money and all that. And I met what would be my now husband (laughs) at the time. I didn't know that was going to be the path, but, (laughs) and I just started auditioning for local stuff, uh, local uh, professional theater in Dallas. And then a friend of mine said, you know, have you thought about film and TV? And I had, I had taken a couple of classes in college and I had been interested in it, but I really didn't know how to get started in Dallas. You know, at the time was okay, but Right. You know, it's kind of in and out for for that area. Like yeah. sometimes they get stuff to film and sometimes they don't. Yeah, so it's very it's very contingent. Of, like, smaller... Yeah, it's very contingent on like the yeah. the project and also like you might get some stuff like James Franco did eleven twenty two sixty three here because it's about the JFK assassination. But like right. I mean that's specific to Dallas. But yeah, like you said, it's it's it comes and goes. Yeah, right. And that's a lot of you know like smaller stuff. But it was great for me to start because there was tons of. Uh, you know, indie filmmakers. So there's tons of student films and short films. Sure. And I, you know, just basically started self-submitting myself for anything that I could that fit sort of fit me. Right. And I started auditioning and started, you know, booking some short films and, um, student films. I, you know, I was able to, you know, create a reel from that. And then just things kind of, uh, on set a, a fellow actor, uh, you know, graciously referred me to his agent in Louisiana and I signed with them and then I signed with an agent in Dallas and things kind of just went from there and okay. then, um, you know, was able to do some great projects in that area. And then I moved here to L.A. like six years ago. Sure. So that's kind of a short and condensed. Right. <laughs> long story short. Too long yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. So why did um, now you talked about your first professional show was when you were 17. Do you remember what that show was mm-hmm. or what that role was? Yeah, so it was uh, Casper the Musical. Oh, wow. And I went, yeah, I was uh, with Cheetah Rivera, which oh, was incredible. She's yeah. amazing. It's still sing and dance. And uh, I was just part of the children's ensemble. But it was a great experience because I had never done professional theater. And um, to be able to be around people that were, you know, working in the industry was a really uh, great experience. And I had a lot of fun. Sure. So that was like my first uh my first gig. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What made you choose? Um, see, you went to college in Florida at Palm Beach Atlantic mm-hmm. University. Is that correct? Or, that is correct. Okay. Yeah. So 
what made you so talk me through your decision to go specifically to that school versus say a New York school or a California school or or even just a local Texas school like what drew you specifically to Palm Beach was it their musical theater program or or was it uh, other yeah. factors yeah they have a uh, have a great program um and I also just like the culture and the people okay um, I wanted a place that I could you know a lot of theater schools are very, very competitive, which they should be. Sure. And I let, you know, I want that, but I also wanted a place where I could have friends and community and support. And I still am happy to say that I'm friends with many of my friends still from college. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Like one of my best friends is still, you know, was my roommate for like three years in college and we still, she lives in Florida. So, um, we don't get to see each other much, but we talk regularly. And so that was, one of the reasons that I wanted to go there and I felt like, um, that's where I was being led to go. And I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did. Sure. When you were, when you were in college, was there any specific role or moment that you're most excited by, or maybe most, uh, memorable, most embarrassing? Uh, I don't know. You, you pick, I've got, I, I, I I got a degree. I I got a degree in theater and, and somebody asked me this question. They were like, what's the role you're most proud of? And what's the one you are like most, uh, most embarrassed by? And I'm like, well, they're kind of the same. And I told them, and this is just a little sidetrack. Uh, I was most proud. We did the foreigner freshman year and I was in it with my friend, Tyler Watson. And I played David, the evil KKK leader preacher guy. If anybody's familiar with that play. So I thought I knocked it out of the park. I nailed it. This is fantastic. I'm the best. Uh-huh. And uh, I uh, got a DVD copy of that years later. Uh, I was I got an, uh, like somebody did it for archival purposes. Made a copy. And I got it. And my friend Tyler Watson, he was in town. We said, Hey, let's watch it. We watched it, and we spent the whole time going, Why are you moving your hands that way? Why do you sound so <laughs> weird? What are you doing with your voice? Why did you think that was funny? And we just oh, we just kept. I felt like mystery science theater 3000 we were just riffing on this so much and that's when I went okay that was the most the role I'm most proud of and the role I'm now most embarrassed by at the same time (laughs) but that's That's uh, funny yeah (laughs) um yeah for me I I don't really have any embarrassing as far as like on stage sure um probably my probably my most proud as far as the as far as college goes um we did a play called The Diviners oh, um, my yes. junior year of college. You know, probably many colleges do, right. do it. Um, and I play, yeah. And I played uh, Jenny May, the you know the sister of the boy, um, right. the lead. And that was definitely one of the. I mean, that was definitely one of the experiences where I was like, this acting is what I want to do. I think sure. more so than musical, you know, musical theater more than dancing and singing, which I love. But the actual getting to dive into that kind of character and to be able to go that deep and just to research and and have a role like that was like it showed me like this is kind of maybe more of what I want to do. Right. Um, not that I, I love musical theater. I love to go to it. Not that I would never do it again. Sure. But but, I, I, but it's um, it's different, too, to kind of sink your teeth into some of this dramatic material like comedy or drama, just kind of the. Uh, I, I think the phrase is like more of a straight play performance. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's yeah, it, it's a different element. And it's a different beast, and it's uh, it kind of 
I'm not discrediting musical theater because that is fantastic in its own way, but in musical yeah. theater, it's like you're thinking about the lines and the music and the dancing. You got to think about all this stuff, but in, in the, these kind of straight plays, you're given a lot more leeway as far as the, the playwrights go to write these kind of long back and forth exchanges or monologues that you can really work through and, and flex your, your acting chops, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was like one of the, one of the first shows that kind of showed me like this, is what more of what I love, I think. Sure. Um, Cause I had done a lot of musical theater before that and, and a few straight plays, but nothing like that, you know, deep. Right. Um, so yeah. And so then after that, after college, when I moved back to Texas uh, for a while, I did uh, shows at like kitchen dog theater and, and those uh, plays were, you know, kind of very dark. And it was yeah. like, I got to explore more of that and realize like, yeah, this is what I'm really, really loving. Sure. <laughs> it's interesting. Do you ever, uh, do you ever get to do the pillow man? Oh, I did. I oh. I was in um I was in the Pillow Man at Kitchen Dog. I played the uh boy slash girl. Okay. So I'm like the younger version of uh what's his the, name? Uh, ca, 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 Michael. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Not yeah. the lead, but the lead's brother. Yeah. The the lead like has the, younger the version of him. Yeah, the lead has like the double name. Like was it Katurian yeah. Katurian? Maybe that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh-huh. that's right. And yeah. he's got a brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ment- mentally challenged. So I played him as a young boy and then I played Little Jesus Girl, who was oh, like yes. sacrificed. Oh man, that was yeah. yeah, that was a that was an intense uh, intense scene. I remember I was in I was in college and I was given this play. I was like a freshman, wide eyed freshman, and uh, one of the seniors said, "You need to read some good plays when you're here." Here's this one, and he like walked away with this maniacal laugh, and I went, "Oh, what is this play? The Pillow Man? That sounds great!" And then I finished, yeah. and then I finished it, and went, "Oh my god." This is both horrifying and also like I'm really intrigued, and I I got to see it live, and um, it was it was really good. It was I mean it was intense, yeah. but it was very very good. So I was I was curious when you were talking about the different plays. I was like, ooh, this is a chance for me to geek out and and uh, test my knowledge. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was so so glad to be a part of that. And we had um, probably at least at least somebody left intermission every show just because oh, yeah. it was too dark. It yeah. was too intense. Yep. Yeah. Because a lot, yeah, I, mean, I get, I mean, it's not yeah. for everyone. <laughs> right, and it, and it's almost like the uh, the description doesn't quite. Um, capture how dark it can get and so yeah yeah, no there was definitely a couple of people that left it intermission when i went and saw it as well and uh yeah it's it's intense for sure but it's it's very good did um this is just for my own knowledge did you ever do or take part in the woman in black no okay I I was fortunate enough to see it when I was in London studying overseas, and for my senior directed play uh, at school, I adapted The Woman in Black and and got to do it. And my wife actually was the uh, the ghost, The Woman in Black. Oh wow! And, and uh-huh. so that was it was it was a fun moment for me because I didn't put her in the program and I didn't let the audience in on the secret. Which the secret for those that aren't wondering, I'm going to spoil it for you now. It's uh, two guys are doing the play and they're reenacting a story that a guy wrote. And he writes that he sees a ghost, and but there's not supposed to be a ghost, but one appears in the theater and scares everybody. And that's uh, that's the big uh, a big thing. And I'm not going to reveal the final twist, but uh, but there's a ghost in there. And so I didn't tell the audience. And then all of a sudden my wife appears in full black regalia from the back of the audience and walks through. And man, there was always somebody that oh, like gosh. screamed out at the top of their lungs. It was great. 
But my my favorite part about that was I had the two guys that were in the play. They knew I was going to have the ghost because they'd read the script. But I kept telling them that, like, I hadn't done it yet. I hadn't done it yet. And we were more than halfway through rehearsals. And because my wife was the ghost, I worked with her separately. And then one one play, I said, I'm going to do a a dry run with the lights. So I'm going to turn everything out. and We're going to get started. And in the scene where the ghost first appears to the, the protagonist... She showed up behind him and he jumped about 10 feet in the air. And I stopped, I stopped rehearsals and was like, I had to, I had to pull that, like not a prank, but I had to pull that on you. So I wanted to get the real authentic reaction. So now, you know, that's how you want to, to emulate that. And he, he, he didn't miss a beat every other rehearsal and performance. He nailed it. I mean, he was great. So shout out to David Stewart for that and River Shotwell as well for being in that show. But, uh, but yeah, for those yeah. that are interested, it was, it was good. That was, uh, I just wanted to brag on myself for a second. Cause I was pretty proud of that. No, please, <laughs> please do. That's, <laughs> you don't have to talk about me. Right. No, no, it's good. But, um, <laughs> But that one is very good, and uh, and I was always thinking I was like, who else would be good in that? But yeah, I was I was curious. I've just started seeing that brought over to the U.S. in different in different theaters, like over the last like three or four years or so. But not. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe did the movie. If anybody is familiar right, with that, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. it's slightly different. It was again. I'm, I love this. It was it was a uh, novel that was written and uh, the woman wrote it to make it another version of uh, oh what was it not yeah the turn of the screw I think was the name of the ghost story she wanted to make a modern day version of that and then the guy there was a guy that bought it went on vacation read it loved it adapted it into a play and it's now one of the longest running plays on the west end in London and it's like the woman in black is also like required English literature in Brit British high schools. So like mm-hmm. people go and see it as part of their school. So yeah, it was really cool. But anyways, it's enough of that. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. and, I, well, and I have to tell you my embarrassing. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Story. Not so much on stage, but so we did uh Camino Real. I don't know if you've seen that. I play. have not. It's a little insane. Okay. But I think it was like my, I can't remember what year it was now, but um, I played like this old gypsy woman. And that's the great thing about college is you can play right. all kinds of ages. <laughs> yeah. Talk about suspension of disbelief. Play. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we did like my hair up like big and we spray, sprayed it with like white and it was just like mm-hmm. it was big. Yeah. So we had a two day show and like we did the matinee and then I went back to my dorm to like I think I was going to take a nap or something. I don't remember. I was like really tired or something. Right. And I was coming back to do the second show and I was like walking back and my hair, because it was so big, got caught in a tree. No. <laughs> when I was walking. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like underneath. I just, somehow, I, I just see it in my head now. Oh <laughs> yeah. So I was late. Like I was late to my call because right. I was like trying, there was like no one around and I was, like, trying to get it out. And everyone's like, what's going on? And like, I got caught in a tree. <laughs> Do you have like Not twigs and stuff in story. it? Yeah, there was like still tree like <laughs> leaves and branches and stuff. I somehow <laughs> think that makes the gypsy woman like more authentic with the the yeah. stuff. It. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man. Oh, that's good. That is good. Whew. Okay. Yeah. That was good. Good laugh. Um so now I want to talk about, uh, I want you to walk me through your transition to LA. So I know you kind of briefly touched on it a second ago, but when you're deciding on moving to Dallas to LA, how do you scope that out? Do you go, 
do you go get a place to stay first? Do you get a job confirmed first or an agent or how, how did it work for you? I know it's been different for a bunch of different people that I've spoken with. Yeah. So at first I had a manager that reached out to me okay. um, that had seen something I was in and we started working together um, at the time and he encouraged me. He was like, you know, why don't you come out for a week or two um, and we can, uh, you know, I can set you up some meetings with some agents. I also was filming something else at the time out here. So it kind of worked out. We just kind of used it as like a work trip. Sure. Um, and so I met with a couple agents and I signed with one first and then he suggested I come out for pilot season. So I came out, uh, just for like two months, mostly just to see if I wanted to move. Like, did I like this life? Do I like the city? Um, because that's really important. All acting aside, if you don't like living here, you should not be here because it's, you're going to live here more than you're going to audition and work. Sure. So, you know, at least at first, realistically, so I wanted to, you know, see the life and I, you know, immediately got into an acting class that I'm still in that I love and just to kind of, you know, feel it out. And so I did that for two months and then I came back to Texas and I was like, babe, we got to move. <laughs> and so we moved the next month. That's... We had a month in Texas and then we moved. Wow. And that was it. Like we just literally packed up. And yeah. He His his job, uh, he worked for the Star-Telegram in Texas was not – it was kind of going under like, I mean, newspaper oh, is not, yeah. I mean, they still have it, but it's not like it was. Right. And, and I just so saw that like he, the, the morning news just, like, yeah. yeah, similar thing. Yeah. So he, uh, quit his job and, uh, we didn't have one. He didn't have one when he moved out here. We just went on face and we're like, well, we're just going to see what happens. Sure. And two months later he got a job and now he is a manager there. He's doing awesome. He's like rocking it. So, uh, it was definitely a good move for both of us, not That's just fantastic. me, but for him too. So you talked about, since we're, we're talking about him, how, so you, you spoke, did you say you met him after college while you were in Texas or while you were at college? Mm-hmm. Okay. So after, yeah, after college. Okay. Yeah. When I, when I was living in Texas. Yeah. And how did mm-hmm. that, how through did that friend. kind of, oh, through a friend. Okay. So, so how, um. So I don't know. Spend some time telling us a story about uh, about you guys, like <laughs> like you know the 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 long story short or long story medium, whatever you want, because it's it's long important story medium, right? Because it's it's super important to have uh, a supportive partner in whatever you're doing, whether it's it's yes. acting or you know it's as an athlete or especially as a parent. But it's like you know you got to have that support system, and I know specifically from people that uh, I'm friends with uh, in the industry, you know they've not been able to make relationships last because it is such a, a give and take relationship and, and dynamic. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious how, how did you guys kind of meet link up and then how have you been able to, to have it all, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was working at a theater in Texas and a guy that was working, uh, that was crew, um, said, Hey, like a bunch of my friends and I are going to go to Starbucks later. Like, do you want to come? And I was like, sure. Cause you know, it's like when you leave, high school and you go to college away and you come back, a lot of people aren't there anymore. And, you know, I had some friends, but not a lot because people kind of move on and they move away. And it was like, I needed to meet people. So I was like, gosh, sure. I'll, I'll, you know, have some, get some new friends. And so I went and Brandon, my husband was there and we were friends first. We were friends for a while and then we started dating and then that was kind of it. We just been and been married almost 10 years in September. Well, congratulations. Um, Early congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. When we first met, we had only been dating about a month. I had a 
audition in New York for a tour that would have lasted like two years. And oh, wow. at the time, like I, you know, really wanted it, but, but looking up, of course, looking back now, I'm glad I didn't get it because we probably wouldn't be together had right. I gotten it because who can, you know, it's like, you can't make a long distance relationship work when you've only been together for a month. Like that yeah. isn't, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess you could, but it would be pretty difficult. Yes. Um, Speaking from experience, yeah. it is extremely difficult. I don't necessarily advise it, but sometimes it works out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's great when you've had the establishment, when you have the ground, the roots and the foundation of a relationship, but when you're starting out new, it's, you it's, know, you gotta be tough. able to see each other. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I, so I didn't get it and I stayed in Texas and he knew up front that I was an actor and that, that this was the life like this. I didn't, so I didn't know at the time I was going to move to LA. Like that was sure. new. Right. <laughs> that was not something I knew going in, but I knew that this was going to be, my life was going to be wherever, you know, acting took, took me. And he knew that up front and he, he went along. He knew, he's like, I know that this is, this is the life and I want to come with you. Sure. And yeah. And he's been amazingly supportive. Um, anytime I'm down here, like when I'm feeling down, he's like, this is what we're here to do. So like, we're not going anywhere. Right. So, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Sure. You know? Yeah. So yeah, he's just, it's, you know, I give, I tell people that are, you know, dating someone that's not in the industry or even someone that is, um, you know, you have to have, they have to be a hundred percent in with you or it just doesn't work. Right. You know, it's, it's too up and down. It's too, maybe you'll make money and maybe you won't. And maybe you'll book a job here and then you won't work again for three years. I mean, you just don't know. Right. There's just no guarantee of anything. And so you have to have someone that's, that's okay with that. Right. You know, and so, and he has been, he's never, he never has any doubt that we will do what we want to do. So that's fantastic. He's, he has way more, <laughs> more, um, faith in me than I do. <laughs> Sometimes. But that's good. That's what you need. You need that support system and that, that, uh, encouragement as well. And I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the quote unquote grind of the act, the LA acting yeah. scene or the TV film industry, like you were talking about. But yeah, I mean, you're always like on social media, you're always super positive and upbeat. And, and I was going to ask like, how do you maintain that positivity? But I think we kind of got part of the answer is you've got a fantastic support system built in right there that you come home to every single day. Yeah. And my parents are great. My, they've supported me. I mean, they started driving me to auditions when I was 12 and they, you know, if, my mom texts me all the time and, and encourages me and tells me to keep going. Yeah. So that helps. And sure. then, you know, I write, I write for other people, but I also write for myself. Gotcha. Yeah. It's almost, you know, cause it, yeah. it helps to see it just as much for you as it does for other right. people. Absolutely. And it's like, I, I don't know, it always seems to come in at just the right time. I'm usually scrolling through and I'm starting to feel kind of down about one thing or another. And then I, you've got like this really eloquent post, and <laughs> like a beautiful picture of like, just like, you know, the, the beach or the mountains or anything or just like you two. And I'm like, man, this is this is this is the nice little like chicken soup for the soul that I needed right in this moment, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's well, it's there's good. so much, so much negativity and so and Oh god, yeah. You know. know, so much of that on social media. And so I'm like, that's not what I want to be about. Yeah. There's so much of it already, I don't feel like I need to add to it. Right. So if I can make someone's day or encourage someone, great. Like that's what I want to do. Right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Man, it's been, yeah, it's just great. It's good to put positivity out there because, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's, it's, you know, talking to people all across to draw out these, you know, positive life lessons that we can use to, to grow ourselves and also teach our kids because there's just so negative, so much negativity right now that the least Mm -hmm. we can do is put a little bit of positivity back out there just to try and balance it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. So I, I speaking, uh, now that we're all upbeat and happy and everything, let's let's dive into <laughs> to to a lot of the projects that you've worked on. Now you've got, and I I got to be honest, I couldn't watch everything uh, that you've been That's in, okay. ma- mainly because I'm not I'm not a huge horror. I have to make sure I enunciate that horror genre fan. Yeah. Um, however, you're. <laughs> pun intended, you're killing it at, uh, at the, <laughs> at these different roles. <laughs> and so I just want to know, is, uh, acting in horror projects, is that something that you really enjoyed and pursued with wild abandon? Or is it something that you kind of got cast in a little bit and you're like, Hey, I think this is kind of my niche for this, for some of these roles. So I'm just going to lean into it for a little bit and then, and then kind of start branching out from there. How did, how did some of those projects, cause I know you were in, uh, I'm pulling this back out. You were in bastard and mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one that I was looking at? Um, do, 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 do. Well, I know that you're a, you're working on uh, Limbo right now. Is that correct? Um, I'm, well, it's in post. Yeah, post, I wrapped post-production. it last, uh, last spring. And that was with so James. That should be coming out this year. And that was with James Purefoy, right? Yes. Oh, uh, he's I, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the from the following and also a l- little bit in A Knight's Tale. So. Uh, I want to talk about horror films, but but real quick, what was it like working with him on a project? So I uh, only got to work with him one day, and okay. so uh, sadly, but he <laughs> he's very very nice and very chill and uh, really great. That's yeah. fantastic. Okay, so uh, enough about James Purefoy. We don't care about him. We care about Rebecca Kennedy. So, <laughs> uh, no. so but yeah, but is that so? So w- walk me through kind of how you got cast in some of these pictures and projects, and and how you've kind of found your groove as this kind of horror girl. I don't horror woman. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really know if there's a specific term, but just like like. Yeah, like it's you kind of seem to come up not necessarily in the same type of roles, but I'm you know I'm seeing that kind of a little bit of a pattern. So so how did how right. did this all come about? It was kind of a clunky way to say it, but I think you kind of know where I was headed. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved horror films growing up. I watched my first uh, one when I was like eleven. Ooh, which uh, one? It. Oh, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. which one? Um, it. <laughs> which one? Uh, it's like, who's on at first? At a friend's birthday party, I convinced them to like let us rent it. And I probably scarred my friend for life. I don't really know why they let us rent it when we were 11. But, um, and that's with uh, so, Tim Curry, too. So, ooh. Yeah, the original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, looking back now is like not super scary. But when I was 11, it well, was like terrifying. Right, right. Great. I mean, the book's, <laughs> yeah. the book's horrifying. But anyway. Um, and so I always had a love for that and I loved going and watching. I never really imagined myself in them. I didn't really know where my career was going to go. That's just kind of what I started getting cast in. Sure. Um, cause I have kind of a, you know, I'm kind of sm- small and petite and I have a kind of a serial look. And so that's what a lot of, uh, I think some horror films kind of like in certain roles, like house hunting. Right. House uh, hunting. That was the one I was thinking about. Feature. Yeah. That was the one I was yeah. thinking of. 
For, I kept, yeah. I almost said House Hunters. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. People are like, oh, I just watched you in House Hunters. And I'm like, did you? <laughs> that's, yeah, you that's were, a different show. You were going <laughs> for that open concept turnkey house, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was also haunted. Right, right. <laughs> um, Great deal. Yeah. Great deal. <laughs> yeah, and for that one, I just sent I just sent a tape. I sent a self-tape that I made in my living room uh, with my mom reading with me and my husband taping me because that was a long time ago before I knew what I was doing. Sure. Still sometimes don't, but <laughs> – and uh, he cast me off, off the tape. And so I um, got to go to Virginia for a month and film with some awesome people, and it was a great experience. It was my first – feature on location so it was I was really nervous but they you know made me feel right at home and made me feel comfortable and I was like okay I can maybe maybe do this um yeah and so then it kind of just kept that was kind of just what I ended up started booking at the beginning sure. so that was kind of where it wasn't like a conscious decision um but I'm you know I'm still open to doing them if I love this script I I like horror films as you can see from most of the ones I've done uh that have you know really good uh, character development and have not just like me running around screaming, but right. have, you know, somewhere for me to go and like something for me to sink my teeth in, which is where I really liked bastard. Cause I thought she was a really fascinating, uh, fun character and it was a really fun movie to make. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of where, where I'm at. I like it. What is your process for getting into, uh, getting into these, these roles? Cause I know that like I remember I was listening to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and he was talking to Michael Pena. It was the most recent episode that came out. And Dax was like, yeah, I just kind of show up on set and just go. And Michael Pena is like, I like to meet with the writer. I like to meet with the director. I like to meet with everybody, really get inside this character and go over it, over it, over it. But they both like arrived at the same kind of fluid conclusion. But it was it was interesting hearing the different process. Yeah. So I wanted to know kind of what's been what's your process for these different roles? Is it, is it kind of a similar approach or is it unique to each one? What's your specific process? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it depends on the project, depends on the project and the role, how, how much I relate to the character or don't relate to the character or the situation at hand. Uh, thankfully, um, I have not had to go through what most of my characters have had to go through. So (laughs) I'm not, drawing from from real life but you know using my imagination um so yeah for like horror films I do a lot of research ahead of time I do a lot of character development who am I what do I want all the you know the homework I'm supposed to do not supposed to do but I want to do sure and um so I then I know what I'm where I'm going you know I I feel like once I'm on set hopefully the idea is I can let go and whatever instincts come up uh, come up and for horror films, especially when you're, you know, running through the woods and you're scared and you're being chased by something or someone for me, I just really have to just throw myself in because that's really the, the best way for me to do it is just to jump right. because it's a lot of it's so out there that, you know, you're probably never going to experience, uh, some kind of creature chasing you. Right, right, so, right, right, right. So you just kind of have to like, for me, I just kind of throw myself in it. And that usually works for those kind of characters. But also, of course, I've done the homework ahead of time. And I know what I want. I know, um, you know, I know who I am. And so whatever physical stuff comes up or whatever, I'm able to just kind of let it go. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Now, I know also I wanted to pivot. I kind of asked you about this earlier because I really want to get your thought process on it. But I remember reading an interview a couple years back with Evan Peters, who 
for those that may not be familiar, he is one of the regulars that's in the American Horror Story anthology series. So he's always playing these mm-hmm. unique characters. And uh, also, you may recognize him as Quicksilver from the uh, X-Men movies. Um or, as I first was introduced to him, uh, there's a, a terrible movie called Sleepover. I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, but it stars the daughter from Spy Kids. I'm doing a terrible job remembering names. But, uh, yep, uh, got it for like a dollar at Walmart in college. We thought, this movie looks awful. Let's watch it. Little did I know, that was like the first thing Evan Peters was in. And I went, this guy looks funny. And then he pops up later on my screen in American Horror Story. So there you go. So you, yeah, you just you just never know. But anyways, that was a slight detour. But he talked about how he loves being in uh, AHS, but each year he's kind of doing a different, either more demented or different, darker character. And it started to kind of take his toll, its toll on him after a while. And, and he, he got into not a depressed state, but just a really dark place. And it was hard to kind of bring himself up out of it. So I wanted to ask you with kind of doing Bastard, House Hunting, SVU, Criminal Minds, all these different characters, how have you been able mm-hmm. to to keep your footing in the you know, uplifting, positive way and not kind of gotten dragged down to, to a darker place with all these different, you know, kind of darker characters you've played? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I'm not a super method in the fact that I'm not, like, I don't stay, stay in character the whole time I'm on set. You know, sure. I, I stay in character when I'm in the scene, especially if it's an emotional scene until we, you know, until we cut and move on to something else. But at lunch, like, I go back to me in between, I if it's nothing that I need to be in a certain headspace for, um, I'm me so that I feel like I'm not going too much over that way. Just for me personally. Um, you know, when I wrap for the day, I, you know, go back to my hotel or go back home depending on where I'm at. Um, and I don't, I turn it off as far as like, I don't, I'm not like sitting in my bed, like rocking back and forth. Sure. Sure. That's good. (laughs) But I'm, (laughs) um, I'm sensitive and I'm open to whatever hits me. So like, for instance, SBU, you know, for those people that haven't watched it, um, you know, it's, it's based on a real family. uh, Oh, I did not know that. You know, yeah, they locked, uh, it happened here in California. They, uh, locked their 13 kids up basically and didn't feed them. They only fed them like once once a day and they didn't get to shower for like months at a time. Sure. And so when I was playing her, I thought about like when I, when I was showering, I thought about the fact that this girl didn't get this luxury or eating a hot meal. This girl, like how special eating was things like that. Like that just like, let, you know, just keep myself open to things that hit me Mm -hmm. and that always help for the next day. Okay. Um, they always help, you know, they always come into somehow they come into filming the next day and where I'm thinking about like that meal that like how special this meal is because she, you know, when I got the pizza, like how special that is because that was something I probably never had. Right. You know, things like that. Um, so that kind of like helps as far as just staying in character, but not being too much. And then, you know, when I wrap wrap, like I'm done, done, um, Sometimes it's hard, not so much because, you know, sometimes it's hard to let go of people because sure. you feel like you've, you know, gotten to know them and they're, you, know, you fall in love with them. I think it's really hard to play characters that you're not in love with. Yeah. Um, and so it's ha- kind of hard to set them aside and to say goodbye, but I, I try to say goodbye to them and 
my main focus is that, especially characters like that, especially when I'm playing like SVU where I'm not necessarily playing this real girl, but I'm telling a true, very true story right. that happens to kids, um, is that I'm honored her story. Mm-hmm. And that's like my main focus is that I'm honoring what she's gone through. And, um, and then, you know, I try to say goodbye to them and I do something fun when I get back to kind of get back to my life. And I don't know, I don't really so far, knock on wood, uh, have too much trouble moving on. Um, Brandon says that sometimes like when I was shooting bastard Mm -hmm. because it was so intense, um, he noticed like a few personality changes when I was filming. Sure. Like maybe I would curse more than I normally would (laughs) or something like that. But most of the time I'm able to, to let it go and to, and to move on to something else. Sure. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, a, I think it just, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, that's, that's very insightful. It's, it's like you're, you're allowing yourself to really feel out the character and really think through it inside and out. And then you are, and then you bring that character to life. And then when you're done, you almost thank the character for, for the opportunity to get to portray them. And then right. instead of staying in, in the, you know, in the character, you do something fun to kind of recalibrate yourself and, and get yourself back to, back to base almost like, like a, like a mental and emotional base camp kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a good way of, of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it does, I mean, for, you know, and everyone's different. Every actor is different in the way that they approach some, some people are very method and they need to stay in it. Some people are not and whatever, it doesn't matter whatever your approach is. It's right. It's whatever works for you. So I can imagine for some people it, it, it is hard, especially right. when you're, you know, like for Evan Peters, who's playing season after season after season um, of doing that. And you just have to figure out, I guess, for yourself, like what, how you're able to kind of put that aside once, once you're done and not let it leak into your, into your actual life. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it's a great question because yeah. it's, it's not an easy process no matter what. Yeah. What, so. No, it's not. And it's, it's something that I remember when I was reading it, it echoed interviews I had heard from Heath Ledger. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it made me, you know, a little, I mean, you know, I'm nobody to Evan Peters, but it made me go, I hope, I hope this isn't a similar path. I hope he's able to figure out, you know, what he needs to recalibrate outside, outside of the show. And, but yeah. it just really got me thinking. I'm like, you know, I wonder what the process is for these different people because it, it's one thing when you're, you know, like 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 someone like Dak Shepard who does Punked, does Employee of the Month, does Chips. You know, he's doing these like funny, upbeat, ridiculous roles, and then, but like contrast that with you where you're doing Bastard and House Hunting and SVU and Criminal Minds, and so it's like, you know, I, I wondered about that. So that was good. Thank you for sharing that with us for sure. Oh, now, thanks for the great question. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta know. So, I, just for my own personal, for my own personal question, I gotta know. So, you worked with, uh, you worked in the movie To the Bone. I almost said Into the Bone. That's different. To the Bone <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, with Keanu Reeves, and you also worked with Ice T in SVU. Do you have any good mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves or Ice T stories you can share? Uh I don't really have any good stories. I mean, I didn't, um, okay. unfortunately, I didn't get to work with Keanu Reeves oh, on the film. Oh, um, okay. But I got to meet him at the at Sundance and at the premiere of the movie. And he, 
so and, and at the table read before the movie sure. started and he's so kind and just like introduced himself as if like we don't know who he is right right um, was, you know uh, so humble and great and he's I, so I nice and me, kind uh, and i'm keanu um, yeah yeah, I don't really have any fun stories, unfortunately, because sure. I didn't really get to work with him. Right. Hopefully, maybe again someday. Um, Ice-T is super chill. He's super nice. Um, stops to take pictures with fans. Like, you know, um, whenever people ask, like, if we're on the street or in the studio, like, he's just very kind. And, um, yeah, he's just like, I can't have anything bad to say about any of them. They're all very nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice to me. <laughs> That's really cool. I just had to know. I was like, man, I wonder what Ice-T is like. So, yeah, that's really cool. He's funny. He's definitely funny. I see that, yeah. He makes some really funny, funny stuff. He keeps the he keeps the set light. Both <laughs> him and Mershka are both, like, very funny and have these this witty banner that goes back and forth. And I'm sure it helps keep the set, you know, because it's a very heavy show. Sure, yeah, definitely. Okay, before we start wrapping up, I want to know, uh, last, last question would be, so, uh, the yeah, the last question I wanted to ask for kids – that want to break in, in into the industry, how do you feel they should be approaching the process? Just some kind of basic advice that you want to leave kids that may be listening or may hear this later. What would be some advice you would impart on them? Yeah, I would say uh, find a great class. Acting class is so important. Um, not just, you know, not just for, it's not just for people to learn how to act, but it's also a place to work out and a, and a playground and a place to go and figure out what you're doing and be with around like-minded people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing. Um, and it's just, you know, great to have a coach that's encouraging. Mine has helped keep me in this business and keep me going. Um, so classes are really important. You know, of course you got to get your headshots if you're going to submit and then, you know, self-submitting on actors access or whatever sites are local to you. Uh, for student films and short films, that's kind of how I started. And, you you know, you build credits, you get footage for a reel, and then you're able to, you know, eventually start submitting to agents and uh, go from there. So that's like the technical part. Sure. Of course, it's never it's never that easy. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's never just A, B, and C, and you'll be a star. Right. But that somewhat gets you started um, in the process of it. And as far as that, as far as the other side of just not giving up. You know, that's the main thing is you never know what's around the corner. And if you gave up, you know, today, maybe next week would have been your big break. I mean, you just don't know. Jason Bateman, I loved his uh, word speech at the SAG Awards yes. past, uh, past weekend when he said, you know, you're only one role away because you just don't know. Yep. There are many times where people are about to give up and the role that they land changes their life. Yes. So. I remind myself and other people to just, just keep going. You know, you don't have to, even if you just take baby steps, you know, you just keep stepping, you don't stop, you just keep stepping. And eventually I think you'll get where you want to go or at least get somewhere. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Rebecca, before we position, we uh, position, no transition to the dad <laughs> jokes. Um, what are the projects people should be on the lookout for coming up for you? Yeah. So uh, like you said, I have the two, uh, you know, people can watch Criminal Minds on Netflix or my SVU episode on Hulu. Then I did uh, three movies last year, uh, Limbo, which we talked a little bit about, uh, The Great Illusion with Graham Greene and Salma Blair that should hopefully be coming out uh, this year, hopefully. And then I did another film uh, called Los Angeles uh, that's in post right now where I played a mute 
uh, that goes on an adventure with a convict. So I'm really excited to Ooh. see how that one turns out. Nice. And so the, those are the three right now. And then hopefully I'll have more to share. Perfect. <laughs> and of course, we will put links to the episode as well as Bastard, House Hunting, To the Bone, anything else I can find. I will put those links in the show notes so people can click, buy, support, and watch right away. All right. So well, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's my pleasure. So now we're going to, again, with the position. I don't know why I'm saying position. It's like I want to just hurry through uh, these words. But yeah, we're going to transition to my favorite part of the segment. Segment, no, episode. Man, I'm going to have to note to self, Joe, fix this in post. Yeah, I probably won't. But anyways, um, so my favorite part of the episode, the dad jokes of the episode. Uh, This is where I throw dad jokes at the poor guest and uh, encourage them to laugh while the audience groans. So... All right. Oh, okay. But before I get started, I always like to ask the guests if they have any jokes they would like to share. So, Rebecca, do you have any dad jokes you would like to share with us today? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe ask me at the end. OK. All right. Can all right. I... All right. All right. So I uh, picked some dad jokes that were horror themed. I thought you would appreciate them. So I do. All right. Here we go. So the first one, Rebecca, uh, what would they call a horror movie about bread? I don't know. Bready or not. Here I crumb. Oh. That's actually pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a slicer flick. So, uh, slicer flick. Oh yeah, Slasher. there we go. Slasher yeah, flick. there yeah. it is. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what happened to the guy who couldn't keep up payments to his exorcist? I don't know. He was repossessed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and I got one last one for you. Uh, what happened to the cannibal who was late to dinner? Oh, I don't know. They gave him the cold shoulder. Gave him oh. the cold shoulder. Yeah. That's okay. He didn't care. All right. <laughs> I know. I like it. I like it. All right. You got any uh, any dad jokes before we wrap it up? All right. So I so I cheated and I looked one up. Real oh, it's quick. okay. It's all right. And it's also it's also horror fe- okay. themed because right. might as well stick with the yeah. Um, okay. Why are graveyards so noisy? Ooh, I don't know why. Because of all the coffin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All that so, coffin. Mm. They're so they're so great. Yep, yep. <laughs> I can hear the Good. thousands upon thousands of groans right now. It's fantastic. Um, you mean I won't be hired for the next comedy? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Never sure. say never. All right, uh, Rebecca. If people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram um, at Becca B E K A H K because my name was taken, sadly. Oh, no. Like all version, like all versions of my name. By the time I got on Instagram, I guess I was late to the party, <laughs> and like all versions of, like even underscore, like everything gone. Right. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm just at Rebecca Kennedy. So. Very yeah. nice. Now we need a hashtag for this episode. Should we do hashtag? Well, I don't want to do hashtag bastard. Let's not do that. Um, let's do. <laughs> what do you want to do? Hashtag. Uh, bu- 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 bu. What about if we did hashtag Esther for your like Criminal Minds role? Like Wait, no, that. SVU. You mean SVU. Excuse me, SVU. 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 Criminal Minds was Gina. I'm sure all the SVU. All the SVU fans will uh, appreciate that. Yes. There we go. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, hashtag Esther 
and hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.